Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. A federal court sides with a Catholic school with regards to an employee regarding same-sex marriage. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, this is a case from the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals that is situated in Chicago, Illinois, governing several states. And it ruled against a former Catholic school employee, and it ruled in favor of the Catholic school this particular employee's contract was not renewed after the Catholic school found out that the person was in a so-called same-sex marriage. So this was a decision coming down on the side of religious freedom. Holly, this particular situation involves an individual who was an employee of the Catholic school, a teacher, and then entered into a same-sex relationship. Obviously was not in a same-sex relationship when the person was originally employed, but entered into one after employment began sometime, and then disclosed or it was made known to the school that the person was in a same-sex relationship. And sometimes what happens is this can occur when someone says they want to have a spouse added on to their insurance benefits. Well, who's your spouse? Well, they find out now that the spouse is someone of the same sex. Well, in this particular situation, the archdiocese and the Catholic school said, we're not allowed to uh, continue. We're not going to continue to have you as a teacher. So they did not renew the person's contract because the same-sex marriage clearly violates their core religious beliefs. The person then filed suit saying that they were discriminated against, and the Federal Court of Appeals unanimously sided with the religious school, Catholic school, saying that they fell under what's called the ministerial exception rule, which means that when a entity like this Catholic school, the archdiocese, makes a decision based upon their religious beliefs because they, in this case, terminate or do not renew a person because their behavior collides with their uh, religious values and beliefs that they're protected under the First Amendment. So this is a good decision coming down on the side of religious freedom. Yeah, absolutely. This is the second decision that this court has made in favor of the school. But, you know, it's just their right as a religious employer to be able to have employees that follow their mission. I mean, when this counselor signed her contract, I think she was there like 14 years or something, she agreed to the terms of that contract that stated that this school is a religious institution and follows biblical marriage between one man and one woman. And so if she chose to go the other direction, then that school has the right to terminate her because of that. Yeah, and obviously this particular person by the name of Fitzgerald, the employee, knew the Catholic school's position on marriage, that it is between a man and a woman, and therefore this particular individual is in a position to teach kids and mm -hmm. is a representative, a mouthpiece, if you will, a conduit to express the uh, organization's religious beliefs and doctrine. So when this individual now is acting contrary to that religious belief and doctrine, 
the officials learned about it and they terminated the employee. And in fact, it says that the parties do not dispute that the school and the archdiocese terminated this individual because of the person's relationship in a same-sex marriage. But then it says, as such, Fitzgerald's, that's the employee's name, Fitzgerald's Title VII claims would be barred by the religious employer exemption. So religious employers are exempted from Title VII with respect to discrimination on the basis of religion or other matters uh, if what they are doing is based upon their sincerely held religious beliefs. Right, and you have to remember that this position is religious in nature. I mean, this person in this position was a counselor. She's counseling students. So she needs to be on the same um, board, so to speak, as the mission of the school. And she can't be counseling students something against biblical marriage. Well, that's right. In fact, um, you know, this is a a big issue that's happening around the country. There are several cases that came out from the U.S. Supreme Court on the ministerial exemption. And obviously, the ministerial exemption began a number of years ago, and it's part of the First Amendment for exercise of religion. It's also part of the First Amendment Establishment Clause to prevent government from micromanage or dictating religion. You know, there is no such thing in the Constitution that says separation of church and state. Right. uh, As people have tried to distort that. That's been so distorted, yeah. But there is the theoretical wall, if you will, prohibiting the government from entering into the confines of the ministry and micromanaging and second-guessing doctrinal decisions. The First Amendment prevents that. The government needs to stay out of those situations because courts are not competent, judges are not qualified to make doctrinal decisions, whether it's Catholic or Protestant or a mixture of different denominations, they're not competent to make those kinds of decisions. So the original ministerial exemption began with a pastor, and a pastor was terminated by the church organization, went up to the United States Supreme Court, and the court ruled that this was a ministerial exception, that the church has a right to be able Mm -hmm. to hire and or fire its pastor. If the courts got involved and forced the church to maintain employment of a pastor who may be either underperforming or, even worse, teaching doctrine contrary to the church's mission, that would literally allow the government to come in and dictate to the church, its own doctrine. Right, an employee needs to follow the mission of the, in this case, a school. So if you're not agreeing with that, and it just, to me, it's kind of questionable why she would even sue if she's not following the mission and she's not following her contract, then in my perspective, she doesn't have any right to keep well, on Well, the, the interesting school. thing is I think this is going to be continually a bigger challenge as we go forward yeah. because... There are situations, particularly with the LGBTQ, and this is in that same line where there's going to be and have been challenges. Right. So the Supreme Court moved from the pastor to a teacher, and there are two different cases, both with Catholic schools or organizations, where in one case there was a Catholic teacher who was ordained 
And in another case, a Catholic teacher that was not ordained, the Supreme Court came down and sided with the Catholic organizations in those cases, one of which didn't have anything to do with LGBTQ. It had to do with the Americans with Disabilities Act. The person actually had narcolepsy. And the school made a decision that it was going to not renew this particular teacher because of underperformance. Mm. Uh, the question is, well, they don't have a religious conviction regarding, quote, narcolepsy per se, but it doesn't have a direct clash with their religion and, say, the LGBTQ agenda, say, for example, on same-sex marriage. Will they be exempt from the Americans with Disabilities Act? The Supreme Court ruled that they are because, again, whether it's the Americans with Disabilities Act, whether it's Title VII with regards to religious or other discrimination on the basis of sex or other aspects of Title VII, if the courts came in to someone who is performing what they call a ministerial function, like the pastor, right. like the teacher, and they're forcing the religious organization to continue the employment of that person contrary to that religious organization's desire, then again, it is the same result. The government is micromanaging how the church should operate its mission. This particular case is not a pastor, and it's not a teacher per se. It's a co-director of a guidance. Counselor. Uh, it's a counselor. Yeah. So they're doing counseling. They found that the ministerial exception applies to the counselor. How far that ministerial exception applies and when can you assert it are two things that are still unanswered. In other words, do you have to be somebody who's actually teaching? Can you be somebody who's doing administration? I think there's certainly good arguments to extend the ministerial exemption right. I mean, it, to a lot of the employees. And I think for employers, churches, and religious organizations, you need to think through all of your employment procedures and have job descriptions talking about how that particular job is a function of extending the core uh, aspect of the ministry and mission. And then if you are challenged, give Liberty Council a contact. Call us. Go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. Or call us at 407-875-1776. Or the website, easier to go to, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.